Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. We have a very exciting episode for you today. Comedian, actor, Scottish person, Daniel Sloss is here with us today. He is the smuggest person he knows and now perhaps the smuggest person you know. We took a, we took, we took a journey on his rise to fame as a young teenage boy interested in making his parents who conceived him on a houseboat laugh. That sentence will make sense once you listen to this week's episode. We also talk about uh, how he got into knitting because of uh, toxic masculinity and how he's been handling the pandemic and uh, the comedy shows uh, that he has ahead of him. This is an extremely exciting and very, very funny episode of Not Too Deep. We also answer some of your submitted questions. We're talking about uh, the struggles you have with college and potentially dropping out and... I don't even remember what the other one was. Something about life and uh, important things for you guys. If you want to submit your questions, uh, email us at nottodeepwithgracehelbig at gmail.com. And perhaps myself and a future guest will be able to give you some completely perfect guidance on where you need to go. In the meantime, enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Daniel Sloss. Daniel Sloss, Scottish writer, actor, comedian, born in England, raised in Scotland. Uh, I could spend the rest of this episode just reading out your Wikipedia, but I won't. Thank you for being here. Oh, you should read the rest of my Wikipedia. I can almost guarantee it was written by my mother. Like I can, okay. I'm, I'm almost certain of that. <laughs> well, your mom has been a big proponent of your whole career, so it wouldn't surprise me there. Have you actually read through your Wikipedia at all? Is there anything that surprises you to learn about your life? No, I do. I used to Google myself like yeah. daily between the ages of like 17 to uh, 21. And then I just, wow. uh, at one point I just stopped. Um, yeah, after so, four years of daily Googling, you know, sometimes it's good to take a break. <laughs> well, I think it, just, it, it sort of got to the point where I was becoming a little bit more well-known. So there was like, originally mm. when I was Googling myself, it's because I was no one. So I was just trying to find out what the one person in the world was saying about me. <laughs> And then I gradually got like a little bit more known and it was just so much more people and they had more like, you know, correct opinions. They're like, hey, it's not that great. I'm like, I don't, I don't need to read any of this, but I don't need to, I'm tapping out. I'm tapping out on compliments only. I'm off. I love it. Yeah, it was wonderful when that one person really was my fan. And now people have discerning opinions. No, thank you. Yeah, Throw the no. laptop out the door. Um, well, okay, you've been doing comedy for what 10 years now over a decade yeah i think this will be my if i'm 30 now this will be my 13th year or 14th year wow okay so take me through you starting with this because uh the internet has told me that your parents are very science-minded people and so i can draw my own conclusions as to how that might end you up in comedy but i'm curious from you how that happened um, my parents are uh, genuinely funny people, like legitimately humorous in their own rights. Oh, that's um, wonderful. And f- comedy's always been like a big part of, you know, just my family sort of dynamic. If you can make each other laugh, you get in trouble less. Yeah, you know, no, if, it's a love language. That's my family's same way. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can be honest and it's not, and it's just, it, I've always known and I've always been taught that, you know, it's a nice, not only is it nice to laugh, it's nice to make other people laugh 
as well. Um, and my parents, they met at Edinburgh University and they moved down to London and they lived on a houseboat and there was a comedy club that they went to. They lived to. on a houseboat? Yeah, 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 Whoa, yeah. Whoa, like what a most, choice. Well, I, well, not only, not only what a choice, yes, but they, they conceived me on that houseboat and they insist <laughs> that I was not an accident. Right? They're like, we meant it. You were totally intentional. And I'm like, That's... you meant to have me on a houseboat while you were both unemployed. That's like they filled it's in worse. a Mad lib sentence of like, where can we conceive and what will be the most ridiculous circumstances? Well, that's wonderful. So you were destined for greatness or for deep tragedy, it seems yes, like. ever since the beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> So there was a comedy club very nearby to where they are on the Moored or whatever it's called. Yeah. And uh, it was hosted every week by Eddie Izzard. Uh, okay. This is like back in the mid 80s. Um, wow. And then and then when Eddie Izzard couldn't do it, it was, um, I think it was like Phil Jupiter, who's another really amazing comedian from the UK. So they love comedy early on and always watch stand up. So I kind of just grew up watching them watch stand-up like I remember mm. once because I love making my parents laugh so much there was like a Thursday night where I was in bed and then I heard my parents laughing downstairs and they were really <laughs> laughing and I was and like, you're like who did this to them yes yes <laughs> like I have to know yeah who's making my family laugh that much so I I'm like eight or nine. I pretend to be sick. I'm like, oh, God, I've got a sore tummy. Oh, I can't sleep. Oh, I'm so always me. Oh, can I please, can I please not sleep? Can I please lie on your tummy and watch the telly with you? And my dad's like, yeah, sure. So I, you know, I go in and I'm, I'm lying on his belly and he, and they're watching uh, Jack D, who's a British comic who mm. um, is, is, is one of the all time greats over here. And they were dying laughing at me. Now, I don't remember a single joke he told, but I remember he said, fuck a lot. Yeah. And I thought that was the funniest thing in the That's entire it. world. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that was a job. I'm like, there's a job where you just get to stand in front of a room full of strangers and you just get to say, fuck piss and shit and uh. they'll clap. And they'll, I was like, "That's that's the dream right there. All the light bulbs went off. That's yeah. the that's the job for you. I love it. Yeah. You went downstairs like your family was being murdered and in a way of protecting them. You had to <laughs> yeah. go see who was doing this to them. It wasn't, it, no, it was, it was jealousy of something that they were laughing so hard. I needed yeah. to find out what on earth, what was this, I don't know, art form, what was this craft that made them laugh? And then, and then, and then I just sort of, I stumbled into it later on in life. I, I did a lot of stage did, act. It seems like you might have done like middle school first. And then... I did. I did <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Did I, uh, high school. But I did start when I was in high school. Okay. And I was in like, like I come from a very small part of Scotland. Scotland's small anyway, but I come from a really small part. Okay. Um, um, uh, called... Fife and um, I, I was in the newspaper because I was like a 16, 17 year old comedian and it was like all the local press. So oh, I was like, a, I was just like a very, like a Z-less celebrity in my <laughs> own school. Like it was the only time, it was the first time anyone. <laughs> that's wonderful. Mm. And that's all it takes. Okay. So you start doing it as a teenager and then uh, you kind of blow up. Is that 
uh, true? Like, how did it go from this is my fun, like teenage hobby to now I'm in the comedy world. I'm getting gigs and people are like taking me seriously. Oh, well, so the, the thing is, like, I've, I've, I've made it on, like, 12 different occasions. And, and, none of the, and then every time I'm like, is this it? Is this the one? This is the like, one? No, it's not. All right. Yeah. Because, like, I did. I, I started doing well in Scotland. And I was like, hey, I'm a success in Scotland. And then you're like, oh, it's, you know, I'm very proud of my country and I love it. But mm-hmm. there's the rest of the world. And then I have to do England. And then I have to do Europe. And then right. I have to do, you know, Australia and, and then eventually come over to America. So I, I did some television when I was about 18, 19 in, in the UK. Okay. And it was good. Like I got a lot of um, exposure from it and I did really well. But then because it was TV stuff, I had to do like my friendliest material. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, like it was, you know, you couldn't swear, you couldn't talk about Ludax right. or whatever. So. I then start getting an audience who are coming to see like this really family friendly version of me. They're like, I saw you on telly and you told nice stories about your mum. <laughs> Tell my son how much it is fun yeah. to love your mum. <laughs> and she, he can learn from you. And then they, they bring their son to the show and I'm like, God's not real and drugs are great. And they're like, this isn't, this isn't what you said on television. Um, so there was a period where I decided that I didn't want to do certain bits of uh, TV in the UK. I just wanted to really focus on my um, stand-up and get better at it because I felt like I was getting too much success for yeah. very little talent. I was like, I need to get way better. If I'm getting wow. this much, much exposure, I need to be way better than this. Wow. So um, you were like your own uh, manager. Like you uh, built yourself up and knocked yourself down a peg all at the same time. <laughs> gotta do it. Gotta do it. Keep, keep yourself, think you're the greatest in the world. And then also remind yourself that you are nothing but flesh and bones. Exactly. You know, keep From humble. dust to dust. There yeah. you go. Well, that's... Uh, Hilarious and wonderful. And so your parents have been along with you for this ride, it seems like. Well, they've, yeah, they've been very supportive since the start. Like when I when I wanted to start doing it in uh, high school and I said to them, I want to be a stand-up comedian, both of them were like, great. That's, like, we, that, that's cool as fuck. That's awesome. We're so bored with science. Please do yeah. something interesting. Yeah, they're like, that's, that's so fun. But they were like, but you do have to get into university like you can do stand-up mm. but you absolutely have to focus on your studies and you have to get into university just because if it doesn't work out not that we're sitting they're very liberal and supportive they're like yeah. not that it won't work out but if it doesn't <laughs> it's always best to have a degree but we'll love you regardless yeah um, like in the world of comedy um uh, I, I have the most disgustingly supportive parents in the world like it's very uh. well known on in the in the UK circuit that my you know my parents are she adopts other comedians as well looks after them they're, they're great. yeah I mean it is a bit of a handicap that you can't it just is. blame any issues you have on um, terrible I've got parents to go in. yeah I've got to, <laughs> I've got to all of my failings are of my own doing it's you know <laughs> they, all they did was love me and I still turned out fucked up <laughs> how. Um, okay, so you've done all of these specials. You've been on TV. You've uh, turned 30 in the uh, global pandemic. Yes. Uh, so, well, I have many questions about it. First of all, how has this year been for you? Because it seems like you were touring and writing and producing things, and then obviously shit happens. So have you felt yourself like 
consciously make any pivots? Have you felt yourself just like wallow at home or, I mean, cause you're getting ready to go back on tour again. Like you're starting yeah. up stuff selling out and you're like going, going, going. Have you spent this year like writing new material? Have you spent this year reflecting on everything? The, the, the latter, the, the laziest yeah. of the one, yeah, reflecting. <laughs> um, I, I wrote, a, so I, like I did, I did a big tour into from 2018 to 2019. It was like 18 months. Wow. And it was 300 shows and it was finally done. And it like took a lot, like I lost my mind. Like it was yeah. way too much work and I didn't. I didn't That's ha- exhausting just to hear about. Yeah, and I didn't do it professionally. Like people were like, "You should drink water every day and like exercise and maybe meditate." And I'm like, like, "I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to." I'm going to live forever. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I'm just I'm drinking like an idiot. I'm eating poorly, so I was just in a bad state. So I wrote a new show last year, and then in January and February, brought it over to America just to like preview it to test it out, and then it was ready, and I was ready to tour it again and then the pandemic kicked in and i was like oh great like i've got i've got like forced timed off yeah so this will be oh you know i've been been on the road for 18 months i had a month off but like this is maybe this will be good for me and then it was not good for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, having some time to yourself is a blessing and then having more time to yourself you're like i've done all the reflecting i care to do i don't want to do therapy so you're just going to force me to live in this uh vibrating kind of anxious state wonderful yeah what i just have to sort of constantly reassess what i do because you know for so much of my adult for all of my adult life i've got i've mined all of my self-worth from the approval and love of strangers which, like, you know, I, is something that will always work for your self-worth from uh, yeah. now until the end of the, uh, your days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> until there's a fucking pandemic yeah. and there's no audiences <laughs> anymore. And I'm just suddenly there going, oh, God, I never really learned how to do this myself. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think like most, I lost my mind, I'd say twice over yeah. the course of the year. Um, and that's then a, found it again. I that's it's a good right. number. Yeah, good it's um, single digits. That's good. So yeah. a lot of other people can't say that. We, uh, we came. <laughs> we came close a couple of other times. But I mean, <laughs> there were there were two occasions where I just stared into the car crash. I'm like, let's see where this goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let not Jesus, but someone take the wheel right mm. now. <laughs> uh, so getting ready to tour again. Do you do it? Are you like warming yourself back up? Are you like doing test audiences? How do you prep for this? Are you just like, I'm going to throw myself to the wolves when the time comes and see what happens? Yeah, I, that's how much I miss stand up, man. I, yeah. I just miss, I miss my job. Um, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to prepare for it. I don't want to, I mean, I know I should because people have paid money for a show <laughs> <laughs> and there should be some, you know, inkling of professionalism somewhere in this body. But, <laughs> I just, um, it's been so long. I mean, I, yeah. I, I got, was lucky enough that I got to do some shows in like November last year as well, but not, mm. you know, the, so, those were socially distant shows, which are still great, but they're not what live comedy is. Right. And um, uh, Well, uh, my other question too is audience wise, um, where is there a country that you're surprised that you have uh, an audience in? Or is there like a country that you're like, this is my people. I love performing here or one that you might not. 
Um, so one of the one of my favorite countries to perform in consistently is uh, Austria. Is amazing. Like wow, the audience, really? yeah, the audiences there are to the point where I would film a special there. Like they're, they're really, really savvy. Um, a lot of the Scandic countries as well, like Norway, Sweden, um, are the shows there are. It's like being a rock star, the riotous there. Uh, cool. But one that shocked me, I was not expecting, was uh, Russia. We really? Got to, yeah, I got I, my agent asked me in like 2018. She was like, "Do you want to do a gig in Russia?" And I was like, "No." What the fuck are you talking about? Like they don't don't speak English, and if they do speak English, they don't understand Scottish English. Like it's 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 not like it's not like going to France. Like they have a different alphabet there. It's such a different language. They're not gonna get it. And you know they're all evil. I've watched the news. They're all bastards. And the news tells us exactly how it is everywhere. And if there's one thing I know about the news. Russia doesn't want me there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was my my dumb little illusion. And and um, she convinced me to do it. And we went over. I was like, nobody's going to come. And then like 3,000 Russians turned up. Wow. <laughs> Which is bigger than I do in Scotland. <laughs> so I was like, and we're like, what? Hold on. <laughs> did they like, know what they bought tickets to? <laughs> no, well, yeah, they did, and they were like, "Oh, like it was a really, really good gig." Like I was, I was like, "They've," I, I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "They bought tickets to the wrong show." Like yeah. they've maybe "sloss" means like porn in Russian, <laughs> and they've like just or like it's like an, a famous group of acrobats or something. Right, and, right. But no, they were all there for me, and it was. Um, yeah, it was great. So I, I, I'd, I'd really like to go. I'd really like to go back. Wow, that's so cool and fascinating and strange all at the same time. Yeah, like um, they, like some of them, some of them were so fluent. Half the audience were like so fluent that they could just listen to it in their second language and get it. And then yeah. uh, I, th- I think some of them had. They had a, we had a translator who'd come to our shows in Germany to watch the mm. show. So he was doing like really fast translating. <laughs> of my live stand-up because like he watched the show before so he knew where it was going to go okay. but you know I, I change it on a on a day-to-day basis depending on how drunk I am or bored I am so sure, he was sure. just live translating it was um it was great it was chaos sorry oh no that sounds absolutely wonderful um and I can't wait for you to go back to Russia this year I can only imagine how interesting the welcome will be yeah 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 um okay now you are someone that has called yourself the smuggest person i know um how do you translate the word smug uh smug like proud of yourself <laughs> ah. it's, it's proud of beyond proud of yourself <laughs> But just, just under a- arrogance. But okay. like enough into arrogance that you're still an arsehole. Okay. Like it's, <laughs> it's not you're a full blown narcissist. If you're smug, you're like, hey, I know I'm great, and you're like, well, that's cool. But you, he, it's still dicky. Right. Like, okay. So uh-huh. it's still being smug is confidence, but there is still a little bit available for people to take you down a peg for people to take the piss out of you but smugness is a little bit you know i've got this little bit over you sort of thing so it's a little bit competitive that's where the not the 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 assholeness comes in i think got it okay um my other question the one thing that's been getting me through quarantine uh hugely has been taskmaster 
Um, your thoughts on Taskmaster? Oh, the, 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 we're talking about the British Taskmaster. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. They tried but, an American one and they didn't get it. It's, I, I, I know. I love, I love, and I love Reggie Watts. I think Reggie Watts is incredible. I just, I just think the American one missed the, I, what the show see, was. I haven't even watched the American one because I can imagine what it is. And the British or uh, UK one is so pure. So good, so and good. And they just don't give a fuck. Like, they truly don't care. The, and it oh, makes my heart so happy. Yeah, the next season uh, has a guy on it called uh, Jamali Maddox, who's uh, yes. a friend of mine, and I cannot wait to see him on wait, it. Wait, this because, is a, the next season so that hasn't been aired no, yet? No, it's not been aired yet. They've just okay. announced the cast, and it's a really, really good one. Um, oh. I love it. I think, it's one of, I think it's one of the best shows in the world. It's so good. I mean, you, you, yeah, it's, I literally, it's been my medicine for getting through everything that's happened over the last year. And I love it so much. And I want to talk to everyone that's on it, but I'm also so intimidated by everyone that's on it. Um, okay. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, I'm going to ask you some of the uh, questions I ask every single guest that's on our podcast. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Hello listeners, Grace Helbig here, wanting to say two things. A big thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, If you're a regular listener, if this is your first time listening, welcome and thank you. And uh, second thing, if you are enjoying yourself here in this not-too-deep world we've built and you'd like to leave us a review, that would be so wonderful. If you can go to the iTunes store, the App Store, and leave us a lovely little review comment. How are you feeling? Good, bad, otherwise? Maybe just good or otherwise would be appreciated. Other than that, enjoy the podcast. Okay, do you knit? Is this what I saw? Are you a (laughs) knitter? Yeah, I'm a big knitter. How this happened? This is big news. I've been trying to get into knitting. It started last February for a very brief moment. And then I, I'm i like li- looking at old yarn and knitting needles in the corner of my office. But yeah, how'd this happen? Uh, toxic masculinity, believe it or okay. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, my... Uh, my best friend and uh, the guy that supports me on tour is a guy is a comedian called Kai Humphreys, yeah. and um, we've been friends for like ten years, and we spend all of our time together on tour, and we have mm-hmm. toured together for like seven years, and we were very very drunk. I think it was one New Year, and it was that we were the two we were the last people standing as well, like when it came <laughs> to drinking. So it's just me and him drunkenly over the table, just being like, "I'm so much better than you are." Everything. She's on. <laughs> So, and he's just like, nah, man, man, I'm way better than you at everything. I'm like, and it's just two toxic men just spewing bile onto each other. And eventually we were like, look, there's only one way to, his argument was, he was like, I, was, my, I, I said, I'm more, na- I'm more talented at things. I'm naturally good at things. And he was like, yes, but I God. put more effort into things and I've got more commitment. And that's why you're better at the start, but I'll always surpass you. And it's a really heated wow. but fun debate. I would so have like, loved to overhear that. I would have loved to know oh, the frenzied energy of uh, arguments two, that were happening. Two whiskey <laughs> drunk men just up. And I'll, tell, and I'll tell you another thing that you're shit at. 
that's friendship. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And we decided that like a le- we find a level playing field. We find a thing that neither of us had done before or could do. And we'd have okay. a year to see who could get better at it and who was the best at it. Wow. And we settled on knitting. Um and then it and and then it very quickly stopped beca- being a competition and it because oh well, that was we had a bet against each other it was we had to knit each other a Christmas sweater by Christmas so I had to knit him one and he had to knit me one and then we put it to a vote on both of our Instagrams to find out who became the best knitter within a year wow yeah. that's um, obviously the only way to settle uh, yeah. Truly explosive, toxic masculinity. Yeah, but, but but it turned into the most wholesome thing in the world because we were very public about what we were doing, and and the the knitting community. I mean, just it's just the sweetest people in the world. Like, that's how was, I imagine them. It's really nice to know that that's true. Oh, but like there was when I was in a, I went over to Australia and I was doing a, I just started doing the knitting as well. So I was doing a TV show over there called The Project, where they were just interviewing me, and I was knitting while on the. Uh, on the interview and then the next day I went into a wool shop in Sydney uh-huh. and the woman like and this is like an 80 year old woman behind the counter old people hate my comedy I swear too much <laughs> I'm very rude I'm young I'm vibrant I'm not for them yeah, you're dangerous old, to them yeah 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 <laughs> but this 80 year old woman behind this still in this wool shop was like oh you're the you're the boy on television who was knitting last night. And I was like, oh my God, this is the this is the purest level of fame I've oh. ever encountered. Just all these. She was like, I'll give you some free needles. I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm here to support the community. That is so sweet that yeah, usually people are buying you drinks at a bar, and this woman's like, here's some free needles. Here's some free needles, which means something different in Scotland, but in a knitting store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh that's so pure so obviously you still knit has this now become like a genuine hobby for you well it it did i I sort of went off it because we that was the year that we also did the really really uh long tour so like i lost the love a little bit just because i was losing my mind but we managed to get it both we managed to get it both done uh he won the competition his swear was way better he knit in a full pattern Wow. Like a full, a full logo. He'd done it himself on a spreadsheet, worked out all the stuff. And mine was a, an abomination that looked like something the Grinch would wear. <laughs> but he still wore it on Christmas. Um, That's fantastic. Well, he proved his point that, yeah, you might be naturally better at things, but he's going to he put in the time. He did. He, he, beat, he beat me on that. Because I gave up. I was like, yeah, you're right. I've, I've stopped caring. But I got... I got drunk last week and I promised uh, I, I promised someone that I'd knit them a scarf. So I've just wow. bought some wool today and the needles arrived tomorrow and I'm, I'm going to get back. Because if, again, if I'm in quarantine for two weeks when I go to Australia, so might as well knit a scarf. If you're going to like pick up a neurotic habit that uh, isn't harmful, it feels like knitting is the way to go. Oh, it's 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 very um, it's very it's therapeutic. Mindful. Yeah, it really is because it, it's it's you're like your hands are busy, right? Um, but and it sort of allows your mind to wander a little bit. But it's something to focus on. It's oh, I think it's so. I, I am looking forward to getting back into it. 
I feel like this could become a bigger part of your brand. I'm just saying, <laughs> I feel like there's an opportunity for your merch tables to have like hand knit hats and things at it during your shows. Uh, oh, I'm just spitballing. Yeah, it takes a while to knit a hat though. I'd, yeah. I'd be charging like a thousand pounds for a very <laughs> shit hat. This took me four weeks, please. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every single guest that is on the podcast with us. And the first one is who, alive or dead, would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Oh. Yeah. And see, I interpret this question as your answer can change on a daily basis. It's truly just who in this moment, on this day, in this hour, that appeals to you. Would I love to? Um... I probably, I probably, my, probably my fiance. I just reckon, oh. and, and I've got nothing against her. I love her dearly, but it just <laughs> sounds like something that would annoy her, and that's very funny yeah. to me. Like it, it's not hurtful. It's not no. necessarily harmful, but it does send a message. <laughs> but I'd be, I'd be so curious as to what her reaction is. It wouldn't be a spiteful yeah. thing. Like I wouldn't be like, "That's for you." But just <laughs> genuinely for me to know yeah. her inside and out. Like, how would she react to yeah. an unprovoked spaghetti tossing? I mean, that's how you really get to know each other uh, in a relationship. Because you she's think allowed to, you know. Yeah, she's allowed to be mad, but she can't be furious. Like, it can't be... <laughs> if she's like, that's us over, I'm like, well, that's fine. Because that's... Wow, that was your trigger? I had no idea. Yeah. So I guess I'm glad I found out now. <laughs> yeah, we've got it soon. But also, if she just... If I just threw it in her face and she just let it sort of land there and then slide off and said nothing, then equally terrifying. Yeah, that's a you problem after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, the other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story, but, <laughs> but you can only use three words or three small phrases or like a combination of that. So, for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mine's and based on the amount of traveling that you do and the amount of uh, alcohol intake you do, I assume you have some stories. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to say, say this. Um, what, wait. Oh, wait. Not one word. So you can, use, you can use three words or you can use like small phrases. Okay. Um, at home. Okay. Uh, besides a friend. <laughs> yeah. And twice. Oh, wow. And this is still a friend in your world? Yeah. Oh, oh wow. he didn't know. <laughs> oh. I managed, I, sh I shot myself twice in front of him. And both times he didn't notice. Not only did he not notice I chat myself twice, he didn't notice the change of like jammy bottoms twice. Oh wait, so you changed clothes. This wasn't like, uh, I can sit in this and then uh, I actually can't sit in this. <laughs> no, that was that was the first one. Trusted a fart, shat myself and he went, that stinks. And I was like, oh, I better go in there. Oh. Like, clearly I need a shit. So ha ha ha, go to the toilet. <laughs> change my change into a different pair of jammy bobs come upstairs he, thank god he's a man because he obviously doesn't take in any of the costume change doesn't phase him doesn't process it i sit back down beside him we start playing fifa again i having forgotten the last 10 fucking minutes re trust a fart again 
re-shit myself and then have to excuse myself to go to the bathroom again when I, on a second time, change my jammies and come back up when he doesn't know us again. So much so that I had to bring it up to him for the first time two weeks ago. We were having a conversation. I was like, I have to ask. Did you know I shat myself twice in front of you? And he was like, no. And I'm like, you don't know. And that, he had no idea. I I mean, I don't know if your friend needs to like go to a doctor and like get his senses checked in some capacity. I I love that you're playing FIFA the whole time. You know, that game is very exciting. And so it will trigger some things in the body if you're not prepared for it. Good thing you had extra jammy bottoms on hand. But I mean, at that point, you just needed a fucking tarp. (laughs) 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 Okay. Uh, Before we take our, our next break, we're testing out this new segment um, called uh, Deeper Hot. So you get an option to either answer a deep question or give us a hot take on something in your world that might be bothering you. So would you like Deeper Hot? Deep. Deep. Okay, here we go. I have a deep question for you. And you can answer this as shallow as you want. Right. Do you feel like you've been a good son? Oh, God. Well, <laughs> fucking hell. Now you've got me right between the eyes. <laughs> you've no idea how often this question plays on my mind. Um, yes, I do. Uh, yeah. I do think I've... Uh, I, but I know I could have been better. Oh. And, I know, and I know I could be better. Oh. Um, I definitely take my parents for granted sometimes. But... I do, uh, they do know I love them and they know how much I love them. So it's, uh, yeah. That's very sweet. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, uh, basically knowing you through only what I've gleaned from the internet, you seem like you've put in your time. You seem like you guys have a mutual respect for each other. Yeah. Yeah. My parents are good. And, you know, when they're old and decrepit, it'll be me, you know, to hold the pillow over their faces just for that final final personal touch. uh, Personally knit blanket just gently (laughs) over the eyes. Okay. We're going to take one last break. When we get back, uh, we have some user submitted questions that I would love to hear your advice on. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. All right, Daniel, let's get into some questions submitted. This is our first go at this, so there's no expectations. um, I'll set a very low bar for for all next guests as well. Thank you. I don't want the bar to get off the floor at any point. (laughs) But this is a question that was submitted that I think you might have like a maybe a personal relationship with in some regard. This person says, my name is Liz and I've dropped out of college twice and I'm starting to think it's not for me. I just don't know what to do professionally instead. And I'm kind of lost. Any advice would be great. Now, did you, you took a gap year, right? Kind of. Yeah. Like I, because I started stand up and it was going well and I, and I got into university and decided to like delay uni by a year to focus on stand up. And then it had it not worked out, I would have gone to uni. 
Okay. Um, so my gap year actually just involved sitting. My mum would wake me up every morning at like nine, eight, uh, half eight, drag me downstairs. And uh, she works from home. So she'd sit me on the other side of her office. And she was like, look, this is your job. You've got to treat it like a like wow. a job. Like I know it's fun. Um, wow. Um, so, I mean, advice, well, I, if, if college or university is not for you, it's not for you. Like, yeah. it's, And I think that's good to know that it's not for you. Don't force yourself down a uh, path that you don't want to go down because then you'll just be left with options that you don't want to choose from. How, yeah. to, how to find what you want to do that's, I mean, that's all on you. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's uh, incredibly difficult to assume someone's interests. However, I do think so. This person dropped out of college twice now. I think you have to kind of like listen to your instincts a bit. And yeah. if it doesn't feel right, you don't need to keep pursuing it. Uh, yeah. Also, I assume that like school will always be there. Is there a part of you that ever wants to go back to school? Oh, would love to. I um, I, I was good for like two months during one of the original lockdown. I yeah. joined like an online course thing where I was studying American history uh, for about two months. And then I sort of, uh, oh, then comedy came back for a bit. Mm. <laughs> so I completely forgot about my studies. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to, um, I'd love to get a degree in something just because my parents are academic. So I always sort mm. of feel like I'm just short of that. Yeah, that they'll my, always yeah. have that over you. No yeah. matter what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's another uh, question that uh, is all about sliding into DMs. So I'm curious what your advice for this person will be. They say, this is probably a weird question, but I've been working more as an actress. I've slowly gotten more people uh, I'm a fan of following me back on Instagram. A comedian that I've liked and followed for a few years followed me back not long ago. And I kind of want to make a connection since I do love their work. I also have a little crush, but I don't want to be weird. Can you tell I'm self-conscious? Have you ever slid into the DMs of someone who followed you back? Is there an etiquette to it? Should I just not do it? Am I being a creep? Help. Um, It's interesting Right. I mean, I it's don't also know what always you're... dangerous sliding into a male comedian's DMs. <laughs> that is a hundred percent for sure. But also, just sliding into the DMs of anyone that you like respect on any level. My um, inherent imposter syndrome, mixed with just like overarching anxiety, uh, keeps me constantly second guessing reaching out to anyone about anything. However. I do think that there is value in doing that. Have you slid into the DMs of any comedians or people in entertainment? No, terrifies no. me. Same, same <laughs> with you. Uh, yeah. The imposter syndrome, even like even when celebrities follow me back, yeah. um, all I do is go, oh my God, privately to myself. And then I never <laughs> talk to them. Like Ricky Gervais followed me four years ago and he's, oh, he still needed to get his, like, I did a pot. He was so nice enough to ask me on his podcast two years <laughs> ago. But like, they were like, just message him on, he get a, Ricky says that you have his contact details, just contact him. And I was like, no, I don't want to intrude. So I wouldn't possibly. Um, yeah, so I'm terrible to ask for this advice. Well, if you let's say you had to, what do you think the etiquette would be? What's like this? If or if you were telling a friend of yours to take this leap, not you, let's take oh. you out of the equation. How would you tell them to do it? Establish and well, you know, go in and uh, mm-hmm. be sort of nice and friendly. Introduce yourself. Don't send anything too long. Yeah, like don't yes. don't don't give them a fucking essay to read. 
Right. Try and get in contact with them. If they engage back, then you're allowed to engage. If they don't engage back, then don't pester them. Mm-hmm. And then also I would establish early on, it's just, you got to remember, it's DM sliding means different things to different people. So you might be sliding yeah. into a DM being like, I'm coming in here for a business opportunity. And that might be what somebody else calls their dick. So make yep. sure that you establish boundaries and expectations <laughs> of, of what the DM sliding is. For every man that called their dick a BO, business opportunity, <laughs> I would have so many, I so much change. Of the smell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's, it's truly like I've also been watching a lot of this show alone. I don't know if you guys have that over there. Where it's basically like they drop people in the wilderness and then they have to yes. like survive. Have oh you my ha- god, how is that show legal? I know. <laughs> like this person's health will never be the same. These are irreversible issues that is happening to oh, their body like, right now. They're out there for like four days and then one of them <laughs> finally catches a squirrel and he's yes. starving. But like the and squirrel they just start has some weeping. Yeah. yeah, but he's got some sort of worms in his intestines. Ugh. And then and he's like, I've got a full meal. And then four minutes later he's writhing on a walkie-talkie yes. being like, it's over for me. Like, oh, <laughs> I couldn't I do it. I have no idea how we ever became a species watching people do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it just seems impossible. But, they, but the uh, analogy I'm trying to make is that like, it, like trapping, you have to kind of approach DMs in that sense of like, you have to, like you said, put out a little like bait for someone of like, are they interested in uh, having a conversation? But then also learn the animal that you're trapping. Learn <laughs> if it's sick in the belly or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't eat it. It might have worms on the inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and that's all the advice I have for anyone sliding into someone else's DMs. Just watch the uh, show alone and then use that uh, to help you yeah. out. <laughs> Um, okay, Daniel, we're reaching the end of the podcast. This has been so much fun. Um, before you go, we like to give a little gift to all of our guests and we have a personalized, um, horoscope for you. I don't know if you're into astrology at all. Um, but you don't have to be because this is not, um, accurate. So Melissa has just sent it to you in the chat. If you'd like to read your horoscope aloud. Uh, Dear Virgo, maiden of the stars, Mm. time management will be of great concern as your ambitions in family, love and world collide into 2021. Check in with your schedule, ambitious Virgo. God, this is just taunting me. (laughs) Uh, And make sure you have enough time to break up all the remaining relationships in the world. (laughs) (laughs) There's still time. You just got to manage it. (laughs) That's excellent. Uh, Daniel, this has been so fun. Where can people find you? Where can they get tickets to shows that are coming up? Where can they get into your business? Uh, if you've never seen my stand-up before, start on Netflix, Daniel Sloss. I've got two shows on there, Dark and Jigsaw. If you don't like those, then the don't go any further. So that's, <laughs> that's where you and me's relationship ends. And if you did enjoy those shows, then you can then check out my, ex, uh, my special X on HBO. Uh, I've got a book coming out later on this Hell year yeah. called Everyone You Hate Is Going To Die. Uh-huh. And I'm also on tour. Just go to danielsloss.com. Sweet. Is your book available for pre-order now? Like, can people it go? Is. You can go onto Amazon right now and you can pre-order Everyone You Hate Is Going To Die by Whoa, Daniel okay. Sloss. What's, can you give us just a little like log line? What's the book about? 
Uh, it's about. Uh, I think I can, d- you know, glean from the title a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a positive it's a positive book. It's a happy book. Um, <laughs> it's about all the different types of relationships that we have in our lives and how they affect us as we grow. Uh, but it's also mainly just me ranting and talking shite for ten chapters. Oh, I love it. Well, guys, go check out, go pre-order the book. If you are in the countries that Daniel will be, go to the shows and otherwise follow him on social media to see how the knitting is going. I, quite frankly, will be checking in on that. And thank you so much, Daniel. This was so fun. Thanks very much for having me. Of course. We'll see you guys next time on another episode of Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep, too deep, too deep, not too deep. deep. It's Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated, producer Melissa D. Montz, edited by Shireen Lani Yunus, post-production sound by Chris Henry, and an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. <laughs> <laughs>